Welcome to the Visegrad Inside podcast from Central Europe on Central Europe. Warm hello and a big smile from me today, Malik Banat, to all listeners of this week's Visegrad Insight podcast. And of course, to everyone who tuned in last week, shall I say welcome back. And if you did not have the chance, absolutely no worries. We discussed the latest analysis in our monthly foresight, mostly on the political trends and patterns given the fourth wave of the COVID pandemic in the CEE region. And it's fair to say a lot has happened since then. So Wojtek is here with me to bring the latest updates. And I'm happy to narrate you through the events of the last week. In a nutshell, um, it was very eventful on all fronts, both European and national. We had developments that kept our attention on Central Europe, European affairs and also global uh, affairs. One of the dynamics we always uh, focus on is the Polish political uh, situation, the developments of which are described in an excellent article by Łukasz Lipinski on the Star Wars of Polish politics. Back to the past, in a way, with the return of Donald Tusk and Jarosław Kaczyński still entrenched uh, in his party, although being the most unpopular politician of the uh, of the Polish political scene, this is the, the they too they both of them create the most important dynamics um, of Polish politics today, and it seems like um, the dynamics have also plateaued. There, there is still made between the. Uh, the numbers uh, when it comes to uh, the numbers uh, of opinion polls should, uh, shown in the opinion polls in favor of the government and in favor of the opposition total. There is no breakthrough um, and no breakthrough is uh, very likely, which also means that, as we wrote in the monthly outlook, there is nothing to be expected uh, as early elections, um, at least until the end of this year, with a possibility of one Uh, opening only in spring 2022. At the same time, we summarized the events of the Three Seas Initiative. We are intensively um, promoting the report that was just launched in July. Civil Society uh, Forum is, is the yes, subject. Yes, as some of our listeners perhaps might have seen on our social media, you were actually in Turda, Romania this week alongside, of course, the co-author of the report, Camilla Ronchik, and our very own fellow Radu Albu Comanescu, who is the member of the Board of Advisors at Ratio Forum and LSE Ideas Think Tank. Most recently, which was this week, they actually hosted the Ratio Dialogues on Democracy conference. Uh, a two-day conference where the Visegrad Insight team had the chance to present the 3SI report on the sidelines at the Casa Ratio, the beautiful, gorgeous Casa Ratio. So, Wojtek, could you elaborate a bit more on the 3SI report, which also link available on our website and heavily promoted on our social media, as you say. But do tell us in a nutshell what the idea behind it is. Uh, so we uh, advocate for organizing a civil society forum of the Three Cs initiative with a particular goal in mind to reinforce democratic security while helping the initiative of the Three Cs to move forward. There is um, so there is a Gunan Georgiev from Capital Bulgaria uh, writing a, a summary of the developments in Bulgaria with a little bit of insight on the energy market in Bulgaria 
where the country decides to uh, slowly move towards more diversified model. And he explores the realities um, of, of this. In short, nothing, uh, nothing uh, striking to be expected. Um, we still are in a limbo there in the Bulgarian uh, electoral uh, cycle. We are expecting early elections for November, um, coinciding with the presidential elections. And that, of course, moves our attention to a similar dynamics um, in Czechia, where elections are nigh. And we will see what the results are. At the same time, President Zeman, who is critical to the um, continuous rule of Andrei Babish as prime minister, has spent his last three days in a hospital. Only under, uh, after the second day, the doctors announced that his uh, situation is stable which we still don't know what, what was it. It is so important because it only depends on the sitting president, President Zeman, uh, for, for Andrei Babish to uh, get reappointed as a prime minister after the elections, which he is most likely going to lose. I mean, he's not going to be the biggest party in the parliament, but at the same time, he is going to be appointed as previously by a very uh, particular character, uh, Mr. Mr. Zeman, um, often, I mean, very controversial at, fir uh, at first, but uh, also very uh, destructive for the unity or the uh, Western direction of, of, of Czechia as he's playing along very often with the Chinese and most often with the Russian narratives and uh, directions. So um, a lot of that happening on, on the front here, but at the same time we have also visited, we had a visit of uh, Pope Francis in Hungary for seven hours or less and for over 70 hours in Slovakia. But the spotlight is not just on the actions of the Pope, is it, Wojtek? Because we've seen during his short tenure in um, in Budapest, that the approach taken by the government also matters. For example, Prime Minister Viktor Orban's plea to the Pope to uh, protect Christian democracy. So let's continue to talk politics here. What does the visit mean? A uh, visit of the Pope was um, an opportunity for the politicians to, to shine. Uh, Viktor Orban did everything possible to uh, have a meeting and show photos of him meeting with with the Pope, the religion and uh, the connection of um, this particular fellow um, to to the to the pulpit is very important in his political marketing strategy to show that um, he is the man of conservative values, uh, keeping close touch with uh, religious groups in Hungary, especially you know Christianity is the theme of his message of his narrative about uh, defending Europe from uh, any other confessions. Uh, Orban initially did not secure the meeting. It was only in the last days, a very intense, um, very intense meetings. And I believe also very, very uh, hard work of uh, Mr. Habsburg, the ambassador of Hungary to Vatican, who welcoming uh, Pope at the airport in, uh, in Budapest, um, said, at least this is what he tweeted, uh, that that his best joke that uh, Pope Francis would all, always laugh about uh, is the is the choice of the language God would want for the people uh, who go to heaven, and the answer is Hungarian. Why? Because people would need to study it for eternity. 
Now, uh, it was an eternity. It was a short trip in Budapest, and uh, they immediately, uh, the, the, the delegation, the Vatican delegation, moved to Slovakia uh, to a much more prominent place. Uh, the mass uh, was held in front of the presidential palace. Nevertheless, politicians and meetings with politicians there, including Zuzana Chaputova, were not the high point of the visit. Um, the big uh, the big problem for Francis is uh, most likely the opposition from a national agenda of the local bishops uh, who are often so conservative uh, that they are in the opposition to the Pope, who is much more open and straightforward without the Baroque entourage of um, uh, that he apparently detests. The, the conflict of interest that is, um, that is uh, I- I visible inside the Vatican has also been v- visible here in those countries. And uh, while it was a um, very much welcome visit with lots of people, lots of crowds, there are visible tensions that go across also economic interest. And this is what Susanna Sabo article has been uh, describing in depth, uh, showing how in Hungary, there is a corruption, uh, political corruption, essentially, with public funds being channeled to the religious groups uh, and how they build support and influence of the ruling government. So um, that's uh, the most important of, of the stories of this week. And I hope uh, you will dive uh, dive into Uh, some of what we have produced uh, and, and displayed on the website. Do subscribe, uh, do uh, do give us a five-star rating to this podcast if possible. We'll appreciate and um, we'll produce more As stories. As we are soon. saying our goodbyes, it is also the concluding day of the New Europe 100 Forum. It is a flagship project by the Respublica Foundation that brings together digital experts from all over the CEE. Um, this this third edition already has explored the topics of online disinformation in times of the infodemic, the role of internet elves and trolls, and what, most importantly, lessons have democracies learned from the COVID-19 pandemic. The recording will soon be available on our social media, so be sure to check it out there. See you all next week. Thank you.